us. No Everyone one should us. be able to hear us. Tech issues yet. Mm. Yeah. Now, once it starts, it's usually pretty good. Through we can't we can't get cracking until I can see the chat window. That's sort of my like indicator where I can start talking about <laughs> regular normal people shit. Yeah. Just until then, get, I just um, talk absolute smack. Just need to wait for this. Brother, there like, it is. I can't hear you. Yeah. Settings. Yeah. So I know that. Is that weird guy in the blue jumper? Mm. <laughs> this is new <laughs> new Dan two point oh. <laughs> For, any, for anyone that's already watching, <laughs> we've replaced the person that replaced Dan. So it's it's guest week this week on Anvil Live Five. Um, for anyone that hasn't Trent, clued in yet, why do you <laughs> Trent keep, said, "Why do you keep getting people on with small muscles?" <laughs> <laughs> Comparing Dwayne to as to as yeah, replace Dan with as, and then who would pebbles? And then pebbles. Who would win in a fight, Dwayne versus as? <laughs> Trent, answer me that. Well. <laughs> Um, yeah, sick. Well, I can see the chat window. Welcome to Amber Live <laughs> 5. It's Tuesday. Uh, tonight we have Dwayne, one of my clients at the moment and still a serving member in the Australian Army. Uh, we're going to cover off on a couple of things. Uh, the first thing will be uh, Dwayne's time in the Army. Uh, him and I went to Singo together, so Singleton is... Oh, did um, you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit, I didn't even know that. Did you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, um, which is infantry training for anyone that isn't familiar with uh, the Australian military at Singleton, you basically just get fucked on for three months straight, learning to be an infantry soldier. Not anymore. It's cuddles. No, nice now, now yeah. yeah. Even, now? even when I was instructing there, there was a lot of things we weren't allowed to do that I specifically remember think being done to me yeah. when I was there. Yeah. Like um, one of the things was I was not allowed to take any IETs for um, for PT. Like I couldn't make them do anything fitness related so that's where you got to reward them mm. so um, well it wasn't even part of, i just wasn't allowed to supervise yeah, right. them for physical training so <laughs> like i remember when we were going through the amount of like run random running that they just made us do like especially push and push up and like so we couldn't do push-ups with them but what we could do was uh anything related to like the the role of the infantry basically so like <laughs> leopard crawling that's all me. Uh, <laughs> any kind of section attack stuff, yeah. me. So basically uh, you're just getting out the frustration that it was put yeah. on you when you were there. Yeah. Effective weapons carriage, me. <laughs> so, so yeah, like you're creative. But the idea is that um, it was preventing, like all these IETs were getting injured because infantry secos were just roasting them with PT outside of PT time. Oh, we're getting smashed. Yeah. Oh, we were fucked the whole time. But um yeah, I, I'm, I remember most people came off pretty well. Like We ended up at, like, finished Singo pretty fit. Yeah, um, I believe we only had a couple of back squad in total. I think it was like yeah. four or five in total compared to some sections. Yeah, compared to when I was instructing and I back squatted an entire <laughs> section in my first platoon. <laughs> <laughs> Just me. <laughs> so, um, but I got told off for that. So. Um, and then we're going to talk a bit about uh, the medical discharge process. So if you're a veteran or you're in right now, um, and you know you're thinking about discharging, or you're a bit confused about the support offered for the med discharge. We'll cover off on that. Mervian said, "Fair fucking dinkum." I'm assuming, yeah, is like making fun of Australia. Well, or something? <laughs> I mean, sure, that's we say that all the time. I, um, said, I said, "Fair fucking dinkum" eighteen times today. I don't think I've said ever I, said "fair dinkum." Like, well, <laughs> if anyone's going to say it's you, you come from the country. <laughs> yeah, so. but that's the thing. <laughs> Don't you say every time you eat a sausage roll or something? <laughs> yeah, can... Bunning snag. Yeah, bunning snag. You need halfway through it and you're like, fuck, that's a fair dinkum snag said, right there. He said, no, I love Australia. Oh, <laughs> I, I play the didgeridoo. 
Where are you from? That's yeah. easy. It's got a PVC pipe. <laughs> Come on, man. With, um, with beeswax. Yeah, yeah beeswax. Yeah, a bit of PVC pipe and a, and a hive of bees. You got your own didgeridoo. <laughs> and we have yeah. a new wall. Today. Yeah, for anyone that uh, has tuned in before, you notice we got some new flags. Got the anvil flag and we got an Australian uh, multicam <laughs> flag. Oh, so uh, thanks to our friends at Bearded Line for providing <laughs> those, those amazing guys at Bearded Line. Yeah, love them. Um, all right, so let's cover off on your time in the Army. Yeah, so uh, I joined in uh, the 2nd of November 2010. Um, it was my first day, you know, signing that dotted line, holding that piece of paper, getting that sweet photo in your overgrown suit. Oh, yeah, super exciting. You know, jumping on the bus, <laughs> getting yelled at by some sergeant because you mm. fell asleep. Great yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, spent the three months. Best standing. day of my life. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't sleep on a it's bus my, for It's my life. new birthday. I changed my <laughs> uh, my birthday to my army enlistment day. That's how much I like it. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, did um did the typical three months there, no problem. Fucking walking apart that place realistically. Let's, let's yeah, Kavuka was Some pretty, people do struggle, but a lot of people don't. So I think the initial shock is the worst part. Most people yeah. don't really expect yeah. it, but once yeah. you get past that, <laughs> As long as you do what you're fucking told. Yeah. It's, 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 it's very, pretty standard. It's very easy. Yeah. You and get then, a uh, fair bit of sleep, yeah. like way more than anywhere right. else in your army career. And yeah, 10 years ago, it was a lot different to what it is now too. Like, okay, I know man. guys that are down there, instructors, and they, they even said, like, it's a lot different than what mm. it is and what it used to be. So. You always hear rumors too, like <laughs> the, they have the cards Red they card can hold yellow, up. Yeah, I don't yeah, know like, if that really yell exists. Don't yell at more. I don't but, know. It's been a rumor for a few years now, yeah. so who knows? But, you know, the don't yell at me card and. <laughs> but uh, so did that and then went from there to Singo and uh, did my first platoon at Singo where I got a, went out in the pierce and um, jumped over a two-meter wall, not realizing, realizing there was a massive drop and busted my ankle. So <laughs> Is set, this at Singo? Like that, that, that was, yeah, we went out to Newcastle, got pissed and we're mucking around. Newcastle's yeah. a dangerous place, oh, yeah, so yeah, I'm not so surprised. Just being an idiot, so I jumped over this wall and thought I could fly. Mm. Um, clearly, I can't. When you're in infantry, you think you can do lots oh, of things yeah, you can't do. Amazing. Like, you think you, know. you can do maths. Oh, um, speak, <laughs> speak the English language. <laughs> yeah, you think you're invincible, basically. Oh, but yeah, so, uh, and then I busted my ankle in uh, Singo. That was a two to three month turnaround. And then I yeah. moved into uh, Marshall's platoon. We were um, in holding at that time for a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, yeah I didn't, because I came in pretty much right as the course started. Yeah. You remember, like, Hawks came in with the holding yeah. platoon. Yeah. He was there for, like, a couple of weeks, and then yeah. my, my course came through. Because, yeah. yeah, I didn't get in until, fuck, like, early 2011. <laughs> yeah. And then we finished Singo November 11th, 2011. Yeah, we did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... We must have started and in then, July or something. I, I think so, something like that. And then we uh, went down to Singo. Uh, not Singo. After Singo, we went down to Canberra. Remember Canberra. Canberra actually, that was actually sick. That was fun. Yeah. Got, what did we, you go to Canberra for? We were at enemy party. for two weeks. Yeah, oh, Susan got sick Yeah, yeah. Nah, so the whole course went down there and all we did is get pissed. And uh, remember a little Asian. It was loose, man. Remember that little Asian guy we had with us? Um, Lim, was it? Was it? We had a couple of Ling. Limbs. It was probably Ling. It was Lim. Lim oh, Lim. Lim. We had two Lim's, Lim's I think. Yeah, we had the... The like, well, don't really sound racist, but the white one and the Asian one. <laughs> that was the easiest way to distinguish at that particular point. Yeah, back in we all 2010, had our heads shaved. 2011, yeah, when, you know, like things were much simpler. Yeah. Um. Anyway, um, good memory from there is when we were packing to go, and he's like, "Oh, do you reckon it'll get cold now?" I'm from Queensland, so yeah, and lived in Sydney, so I don't know what Canberra's like. I've never been there. And I was like, oh, I don't know, mate. You should be fine. Take your summer sleep You'll bag. Right. It was yeah. middle of winter. <laughs> it was like back end of winter. I was like, what could possibly go wrong? I remember the first night we were out there and we were sleeping. Remember we slept out in that position? We slept yeah. out the first night out, out in the field. 
and I wake we up. We were all the, together. Yeah. Like, yeah. In like this By the side area. of that road. Yeah. And we woke up in the morning and Lim was like down in this little culvert. And he's like shuddering in the middle of his sleeping bag. Come out and he's like, I'm so cold. Oh, that's it. Like, and that's before you like oh. a couple of years in the army, you learn you just spoon people. Yeah. yeah. Like you want to be warm, yeah. cuddle. cuddle. That's, that's, that's the, the first That's the first solution. Oh. When you're in singer and you're still like a little new guy, you don't know. Yeah, There's yeah. no cuddling. No, no one wants to spoon no each other. Like, oh, that's gay. Yeah. Now it's just like the norm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's cuddle or die, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah if, you, if I had to give three words to describe the Australian infantry, it's cuddle or die. Yeah. Yeah. And, then, and if yeah. you can't cuddle, I had the, in New Zealand, I had to cuddle a rock because it was still warm oh. <laughs> during the day. <laughs> this is my pet. His name is Shubert. I remember <laughs> that when we were at Canberra for that TSP thing, it was like one of the worst storms that yeah. Canberra had seen yeah, for so stuff. long. I ended up sleeping in one of those fucking toilets. Yeah, there. the portaloos. Yeah. <laughs> I, remember I, was that, I remember I was that drunk when we went out. I was like that hungover. Right. I, feel the second I remember time, that time. Yeah. I was laying under a half set up in a chair, <laughs> passed out on the ground and a bucket of down with rain. And this guy we went through, Hunter, he um he he just shook his head. He's like, I'm not helping him. Like he's on his yeah. own. Like no way. Start, like, oh. It was a good time. We were well. We had such a big night. Those it was like two nights or something between. Yeah. Coming back and it was don't go massive. To Mo- don't go to Mooseheads. Get in the taxi. Where are we going, boys? Mooseheads. <laughs> <laughs> we're all the cadets were. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then we went. Then I went, we went from there to Townsville, and uh, I went to the second battalion. Mm. Um, and then Marshall went to one RAR from there, and um, and then yeah, it's where the some... feud began. Yeah, oh. we were mortal enemies <laughs> from yeah, that point on. I don't know. Back, everyone said there was a feud when we went up there, but it wasn't really. When we, we got, got there, there the... three RAR was coming. Yeah, yeah. So and so like... we all hated three RAR. Yeah, yeah. one and two were yeah. just like, "Fuck yeah. these guys." Yeah, yeah. so. Um, spent some time, did two, did did the whole amphib training, um, all the lead up training for that stuff, which was yeah. really fun. It was a yeah. um, bit of an eye opener because it's something completely different to what you used to. You yeah, go yeah. from doing normal um, infantry um, field tactics and stuff like that to then amphib involving water and ships and that, which is a whole mind blowing. Learned yeah. to play the bagpipes at two hour as well, because <laughs> um, I injured myself up there. So instead of sitting around doing nothing, I figured I'd learn the bagpipes. Um, yeah, I was there because I always wanted to play them. Yeah. I was only play backpipes with two hour pipes and drums um, with Rhino and a few of the other boys. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, from there, I uh, had the opportunity to post out uh, in 2017. Oh, I did RIMPAC in 2016, and then yeah. the battalion was shrinking in 2017. So I had the option yeah. to post out. Cut the manning um, down. Yeah. The RSM at that time was like, if you want to go, put your posting order in. And yeah. sure enough, I was like, they're ready to rock and roll. Like, look, I had a family at this stage. You know, yeah. I joined the army with no family. I, at this stage, I had two kids pregnant with our third. You know, it was time for me to move on to somewhere else, yeah. but it was a little bit less hectic because Tura was a very full-on battalion at that time. Oh, like, yeah. We were filled so much. Yeah, we one and two. Always on ship. Yeah, like, two oh. was copping it from Amphib. <clears throat> one just wanted to compete with two. Yeah, it seemed like we were outfield. They're outfield. I think it was kind of more like one's maybe sort of picked up some of the slack from two because like two When did you move ops. down in? 2017. 2017, mid-year. Yeah, that's when I... down mid-year That's when I got out and I just remember <laughs> one, like they were just flooding them with field exercises yeah. and all these stupid stomps. Yeah. yeah. So what a nightmare. Put my, uh, put my transfer in and uh, got given uh, Brisbane. Oh, uh, well, I wanted Brisbane and I said, I don't care where I go, like six yeah. or eight, nine. I'd prefer yeah. to go to six, but yeah, eight, nine, I'll take it. And uh, the RSM at that time... Um, Found me the position at six R so then I posted down six R Um Did so, anyone else come with you from two? No, no, I was one of the only people to post down to. There was only two NCOs that posted down. Um, I posted down. I was a land tracker already, and I posted yeah. down. 
and as a Lance Jack, and then there was a corporal that posted date nine at the end of the year. Yes, yeah, um, I believe there there was like a couple of postings before that, the year before that, but they were during their posting. So right. Sort of mm. um, <clears throat> so from that year, I believe there was only two NCOs that posted, yeah, me and one other. Yeah. Um, because there was limited spots. Like there was yeah. li- essentially no spot in Brisbane for me, so mm-hmm. they kind of found me a yeah. spot and made me a spot. Um, yeah. And uh, then from there, yeah, did did um did the rest of twenty seventeen at uh, six hour. <clears throat> did some little field exes with the um I think we did some field exes with the Singaporeans. Oh yeah. And that it was interesting to get to know Singaporeans and never really yeah. worked with Singaporeans before. That were kind of interesting. And um and then we did uh then we did Iraq in twenty eighteen. Yeah. And then that was six months trip. Uh, almost Taji. seven months yeah. trip in Taji, yeah. Which wasn't which was pretty, pretty Is that an FPE? You guys called FPE something or yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. it was like it was like real chilled, relaxed. Like it was pretty much like an overpaid camping trip, really. Like yeah. Overpaid field acts, realistically. Mm. Like it was just, you know, you you always protected. Yeah, it was Taji. Pretty safe. You know, yeah, it's pretty safe. You don't leave the base. That sort of thing. It's you know, it's pretty safe there. Well, was trip. was pretty trip. safe there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Good gym trip. Get fit. Mm. Um. Sort yourself out. Um. <clears throat> a previous injury I had my back started playing up then when I was overseas and then. Right. Which has led to the problems I'm having now and this year. Yeah. Um, ended last year or last year and then this year as well. Um, come back from the trip and then yeah, just my world sort of fell apart and just all these injuries turned. I turned yeah. thirty and all these injuries started coming at me left, right, and center. They creep up on you, to be honest. In infantry, <laughs> especially when I was there, I don't know if things are changing or whatever, but um, you don't treat your body well. Really. Oh, no, like no. most of the time, you're either training hard on base, you're outfield with very little ability to recover properly yeah. or you sink and piss. Like, or your COs decide to have a dick measuring competition yeah. when you're in one and two RER and, and one stomps a, 50, 20Ks and the other stomps yeah. fucking 50Ks half up a hill. Yeah, and uh, at, like as a digger or a land shaker or a second, you're just at the whim of these these men <laughs> sitting in their office just going, you know what, mm. I think this is going to be a great idea. You just got to convince your section they're not going to die. Yeah. yeah. yeah but I, diggers, um, diggers are getting too smart these days. They're not stupid anymore. More like they're, they're just like well no, they wanted smart like, diggers that's yeah, what we yeah. wanted the whole time like, we wanted smart diggers and then they get upset when they like say well yeah. isn't there a better way to do this yeah or oh, that's a stupid idea we're gonna get hurt it's like <laughs> yeah. like well, back in my days like yeah we know back in your day you yeah. got told but to you're all you're, broken yeah mentally like, and physically like and you're all grumpy old men like yeah yeah <laughs> there's a so, reason for it like um and <clears throat> we're at the point now i guess where you're in the process of med discharging yeah so i'm um at this stage, I've downgraded again to J31 because I've got my um, back that's blown. Well, my back that's got – I've been carrying the injuries for since 2013, essentially, self-managing yeah. as best as I can to get through my career. Um, you know, because there's a sense of pride thing within the Army and especially back – I won't say back in our day because everyone says back in our day, but going back a few more years, and I've noticed it now as I'm, as I'm, a, and as I'm a full truck now, that um, <clears throat> the linging vibe isn't as big now as it was back then. Mm, yeah. So, like, well, I remember when I did my back, um, straight away, no one believed you. No. You were just a lid. Yeah. You're just a lid digger. Yeah. You know, all these boys just come back from Afghan. Yeah. Uh, come back from Afghan, you know, yeah. all the MT, MTF3 right. boys. Yeah. yeah. They, and don't get me wrong, those boys are tough as nuts. Like, they've oh, done yeah. some stomping and they, they were yeah. fit, solid boys. And me just says, you know, Joe Blow lid, you know, no nothing, just a, yeah. you know, just a fucking. You just shut up, put your pack on. Yeah. And keep like, walking, just keep basically. walking, you know, like. You hurt yourself and you do your best to become better because you get put in this um bubble of like you're a linger, you know, mm. you're broken, you're not you're yeah. not really broken, you're fake broken, you get a <laughs> yeah. get a break type thing and you know, not many people believe you're actually injured. And no I think one, yeah. Well one of the main issues and I mean it was the same when we were in, is 
uh, most injuries are legitimate. Yeah, they might they might not be as serious some <laughs> as somebody thinks, but you know when when your body starts to hurt, it means that something's either wrong now or it's coming. Yeah, you know, something's going to be yeah. wrong. And if you don't listen to that, if you're part of a culture which is a fairly toxic culture where you <laughs> put it off and you just say no. Nah, uh, you know, I'll be right. I'll just yeah. keep slugging through. Then the injury is going to come, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Um. In when you're in infantry, especially when you know we first got in and we were in for a while, uh, it was that exact culture where if you were hurt, you didn't deserve to yeah. be there. Basically, yeah. Yeah. so you just didn't get hurt. Yeah. And even if you were hurting, you didn't show exactly. it or you didn't admit it. <laughs> yeah. And it it either made the injury worse or um. Or what tends to happen is it, it sits in your head and, and, you know, mental and physical health go hand in hand. And when it sits in your head, you start to think that you'll never get better, yeah. you know, which is not true. Yeah, um, no. But with a culture of, you know, maybe a bit more acceptance around injuries, it would be easy to treat them. You yeah, know, yeah. if you recognize, okay, something's wrong here, this is hurting, what can we do to make this not a problem or how much time is it <laughs> going to take to recover, what kind of strength training can we start to incorporate to bulletproof these soldiers, then you're going to end up with battalions that are much more capable than they well, ever yeah. were. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm glad to hear that it's a bit more accepted, like the the whole linger thing is going away because if someone's hurting, they're not, a, they're not an effective soldier. Yeah, exactly. Whether it's in their yeah. head or their yeah. body. Yeah, and 100%. I mean, pain is in the head no matter what it is, but that pain's there for a fucking reason. It's yeah. saying you need to do something differently yeah. or we're going to stop you. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was a big – um, because I, I, I remember getting shunned pretty hard because I hurt myself and, um, you know – And that can be pushed, brutal pushed for your mental health oh, yeah, too. Yeah, it was. And yeah. I, found, I found my pleasure at that point in time in bagpipes. Yeah. You know, so like the way I've seen it is instead of – in my head, you're still like, making a contribution. Yeah, in my head, I was like, well, instead of being a linger like everyone's calling me, yeah. I'll go learn to play the bagpipes. At least yeah. I'm still helping I'm doing the battalion. Yeah. You know? So yeah, so I did that, and um, and yeah, that's one so. of the unique things about Toria. <laughs> really, I I don't know the other battalions that have pipes and drums. I know one didn't. That's why I say it was unique about two, and I don't think three did either. No one had them at that point in time. It's Except just two. Yeah. yeah, and um, and <clears throat> there aren't a lot of other places in the world where you this fucking like broken gunslinger could be like you know what i'm gonna fucking learn to play the bagpipes <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah, that pretty, sounds like pretty, a sick and, idea and you know honestly though like the bagpipes has helped me out throughout my career too because like you know you you play for oh, the yeah. battalion yeah. and everyone notices you but not only just that is when i got my post into brisbane it was because i could play bagpipes True. as well so yeah. that helped a lot with my post yeah. into brisbane um, so you that, did that, yourself a favor, really? Exactly. Yeah. So you like, put the time in. The, in yeah. And so like, pays off. People sit there and they would say like, "Oh, pipes and drums do nothing." But we were like, rent a friggin' section. We just <laughs> go out with whatever company was going out field. Yeah. Time we were going out field and until we got put in Bravo, and then even then we were working from like six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. To like four o'clock, five o'clock in the afternoon. Some afternoons when everyone else was knocking off early, yeah. we weren't. We were practicing and rehearsing, and yeah. you know, we did weekend dining in gigs and. All sorts of stuff like that, you know. I never really got anything in return, yeah. sort of thing. Oh well, you don't yeah. ask for it. We do. We either, do. We like... used to get the appreciation on Anzac Day and stuff yeah. like that. Mm. Play for the battalion, which is amazing. Like playing yeah. on Anzac, there is nothing as proud as you feel marching on Anzac Day. You will never feel more proud, I believe, than when you play the bagpipes oh, marching down the strand and people yeah. start screaming when you <laughs> yeah. start when you strike in the pipes. Well, it's sick, man. Like, like when you hear that, it's feeling. and it's still like oh, a little bit right now gives me gives chills thinking yeah, about like. Yeah that thing kicking off yeah. and then the drums starting and you're like, yeah, okay, this is something that I'm pretty happy yeah, to be a part like, of. Yeah. And like, 
I have my own mixed memories from the military, both fond and less fond. Yeah. More less fond probably yeah. than than I enjoyed it, but I I don't regret that time at all. And there is something to be said for you know parades suck. We all yeah. know parades oh. are a piece of shit, but. You, when, once you're on the parade ground or once you're formed up ready to go and you start marching and it's the actual day, you feel pretty fucking proud where you are, you know, to wear the uniform. Nothing better than saying hear the pipes now sound up again because you know you're getting off the parade. Yeah, that's exactly right. You're like, fuck <laughs> yeah, we're getting time, out of here. Time's over. Woo. Send those colours away. Yeah. I've got to go. Yeah, like, I've got to get lit. Yeah, so like that was a big saving grace for me back then um, mentally wise because, you know, I felt a bit beaten up and I, I went away from being such a fit person because I was quite fit. Yeah, yeah. I was one of the fittest. Yeah, yeah. I'd say I was close to being one of the fittest in the platoon when we left Singo because I was definitely ahead of most of the pack. We were um, all cardio was, fit. Everyone was oh, that was like one of the most cardio fit I've ever been oh, in. Yeah, I, was running nine minute, I was running nine minute for BFAs. I haven't yeah. run a nine minute BFA since then. Like, I'm <laughs> what, flat would you, out, what would you want to? <laughs> I'm flat out running a 12 minute BFA now. Like, yeah. you know? and, um, um, can we just yeah, let's introduce uh, Dwayne real quick? Oh, For yeah. people that are now listening, sure. Darcy just said, who's new Dan? <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is new, new Dan. We have replaced the guest yesterday. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, we're doing a guest week this week. Dan's uh, having a holiday. And so we're trying to get as many different people in here to talk about different shit. Uh, yesterday we had Az. She's an acupuncturist that works downstairs out of the gym we work at. And today we have Dwayne. Uh, he's an Australian soldier. He's on his way out of the army doing a med discharge. He's also one of the clients here, uh, works his ass off in the gym. And him and I were in the army together. We were, uh, went through infantry training together. So um, for those of you just tuning in, we've sort of covered off on uh, Dwayne's time in the army, his time up in Townsville to our and his time down here in Brizzy. And we were sort of heading in the direction of uh, what a med discharge kind of looks like from, uh, you know, Nathan did med discharge and end up getting out fairly recently, like start of this year sort of thing. Yeah. And Dwayne is sort of at the beginning of that process. So we're going to take a look at, at <coughs> we, what that looks like and the kind of support you get offered. We had Adam before say he got no support after med discharge for about a year. Interesting. Um, and I think we'll probably get around to that <coughs> yeah. the support after it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, well, let's, I well, mean, let's cover off now. I mean, you've, Sort of just med downgraded. Yeah. So this is um, right at the beginning of the med discharge process. Yeah. Really. So one of my biggest advices for anyone that's listening that is military at the moment, don't my biggest thing is don't let your pride get in the way of you saying there's something wrong. Oh I, yeah. I let Fucking my pride hope. I let my pride be a big part of me because the way I grew up and the whole you're a man or a mouse type thing growing yeah. up. So <clears throat> I let my pride block me effectively telling work what was going on and trying yeah. to hide it from work. So biggest advice I can give is if you've got a problem, just Speak about it. Like, yeah. tell an NCO you trust, you know, or if you are an NCO, like, go seek help. There's help there at work. But, um, yeah. so, like, I've just been downgraded to J31 uh, pending, like, I've got um, the bulge discs and that in my lower back that causes my sciatica pain. Yeah. Um, well, just my main injuries. And yeah, then yeah. I've got numbness in my left hand. Yeah. So I get really bad That's numbness. Wild. Yeah, I get really yeah. bad um, numbness and strength loss and good really, strength. It's yeah. not the hand you need, though, really. Well, you know, when <laughs> you it comes can, to lifting weight above your head, I kind of want the hand to work. You can still do LF6 <laughs> with the other hand. Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, it's it's – so, like, I've got some – Injuries and you know the biggest thing is is like my right Dusty hand. Dusty said me. you're definitely not a mouse, Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, mate. Yeah, so like yeah, you're making us look 
He said, I, I, think the mountain would be, I think the mountain would be scared of you. Um, oh, I don't think so. Oh, he's 200 kilos. I'm only 124, so come on. Um, We're working on it. Yeah, getting there, getting there slowly. Um, you know, and, you know, a, a big big thing with infantry is your job is solely revolves around your hands, your feet, mm. and your well, your body, realistically. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can't do you your job You have to be physically without, capable. Exactly. Yeah. And losing my hand has probably been the biggest um, smash of me. So, yeah, you see me moving it around. Yeah, sure, I can move it and stuff, but I can't feel my hand. Yeah. Like, it's it's numb. Your grip strength yeah, is a bit fried. It's, it's numb most of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, my grip strength is fried. Like, I've really got to focus on it. And people look at me and they'll say, like, oh, you're nuts because you still lift. But that's my mental relief. If oh, I don't, yeah. When COVID happened, I panicked. I, like, panicked hard because that's, like, my main thing. That's why yeah. I, I sought out um, with Anvil and looked into um, ways that I could get around it. Yeah. But, you know, so, like, I'm downgraded to J31 now, and um, <clears throat> I've just started the process. So one of the biggest things I'll say they have for this time around with my J31, opposed yeah. to the first time I did my back in 2013, is right. you have a case manager, like an mm. actual unit case manager right. now. Back then, from what I remember, it was just one generic or two or three generic case reps mm. that worked out of the hospital, or unless you were at, like, SRC, like a soldier recovery yeah. centre, you didn't really see a case manager. No. You sort of didn't really know what to do. The PDI sort of was like, hey, you need to do this. And mm. you'd just be like, on your little or minute weight. Rehab program. Yeah, or... which I think in, in the military, so in the military, the turnaround time from injured to back to fully fit is twice as long as a civilian. Yeah. You think of a rugby player blows his knee out, he's back in three months. Yeah. Whereas military-wise, it can take anywhere from three, six to nine months before yeah. that member is back fully fit because they just don't get the support they get yeah. outside. Yeah, yeah. And – um. That is a big fault with the army, and it's not. It's not. It's not like the physio's fault. It's not the doctor's fault within the army. It's not their fault. It's just the system's fault. Yeah, the system is the system isn't like isn't equipped to uh, work with <clears throat> that many people. Sorry, yeah, I got a damaged throat as well from inhaling a lot of smog <laughs> oh, and right. stuff. You have to apologize. <clears throat> so I grunt a lot. Um, well, I mean, talking about it from that respect and looking at it uh, back in 2013 when you busted your back. Um, both times you've been in an infantry unit. Yes. Whereas, Nath, you med discharged from a POG unit. Mm. You said that it was completely different, the attitude towards injuries and the, yeah. and the kind of support they were willing to offer straight off the bat. I think when it comes to infantry units, you tend to have to fight a lot yeah. for, for the oh, kind yeah. of support that in a non-infantry <laughs> unit, you sort of just get given it straight away. And like you said, like in the infantry unit, like you said, um, they... They they think you're faking it kind of thing. It's, yeah. it's such Nobody, a man, such a masculine yeah. alpha male environment. Yeah, but in Pogue world, they're actually like regular nice human beings. <laughs> <laughs> no one's yeah. like they're borderline civvies. Yeah, no <laughs> one's fucking stronger good, than anyone else. Good people. <laughs> so yeah, so they I guess they just listened better, more yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe it's a coupling out and, the Well, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I'll be the first to say that I don't think I would have. Uh, thrived in a military poke job. Mm. I just don't oh, think no. that, you know, it was basically infantry or almost nothing else. I did at the end apply to be a <laughs> helicopter pilot and go through all the tests for that. Um, I think that's a slightly different environment than, you know, say Clark or whatever. Mm. But at the end of the day, I made the decision that, you know, my time in infantry had come to an end. I want to move on and do other stuff. Um, and when I left and worked in an office, it was not something that agreed with me very well. Um, <laughs> and that's the same with me. I I tried, but I just couldn't work yeah. in that office. And, like, you can see now if I, I just didn't, like, you can see now I'm kind of running these businesses yeah. 
um, so I can put in the work if I enjoy oh, it. Yeah, yeah. But I just didn't enjoy where I was, and and nothing I, was making me happy. So I sort I of want to say that you know we're not three grunts sitting here going grunts suck. Basically, I couldn't have done it any other way. Oh, yeah. no. My time as a grunt was uh, you know <laughs> developmental, and the person I am now. I love being a seco. The job as a section commander is one of the best jobs I've ever had, um, and I think that I ever will. But what I am saying is that the you know, infantry battalions are shit at managing their personnel. Um, and that's not, well, from an administration side, yes, they lost my paperwork numerous times. <laughs> oh, but, that's just standard. So yeah, but that's... they're also shit about actually giving a fuck about their soldiers. Um, what the, one of the first things you learn on a fucking army leadership course is that you're always going to do better, the section's going to thrive and it's going. you're going to go farther if your soldiers actually give a fuck about you and you give a fuck about the soldiers and you care about their well-being and their mental health and their physical health. But that just doesn't seem to make it back to the fucking infantry sections mm -hmm. because when you get back there, the secos want nothing to do with the diggers and I was one of those secos because the diggers were just a pain in the ass for me at that point. But... I didn't care if you were injured or broken. I didn't really give a fuck because I needed people that could do the job mm. um, and it wasn't my job to fix you. Uh, but I think the attitude needs to change. And when we look at PTIs, you got one PTI for like fucking 300 people. Yeah, 600 people. Like, and this PTI is expected to write rehab programs for every single one of them. Like, it's yeah. not going to happen. So that's why everything's so generic. And yeah. Like unfortunately, like just because... I have a bad back yeah. and you have a bad back doesn't mean that the exact same That's bad exactly back. That's exactly right. And I mean, like, we're looking at on a bigger scale, you've got army doctors that have the whole fucking army yeah. or whatever unit they're attached to to deal yeah. with. So you got like, so our doctor, he's got 600 members. Like, yeah. You know, you got a physio that's got, like I said, like physios, like the, the prime example for physios in the army is, excuse me, their biggest problem is, is like, it's, like I said, the system fails them because yeah. you can only see them once every six weeks because they're so booked out because there's yeah. so many injured people mm. because they're so understaffed Yeah, that, you know, just because I see a physio and he goes, okay, well, this is your program and I try that program for two, three weeks and I'm like, well, hold on a minute. That's not working for yeah. me. And I'm, then I'm not doing something for another two, three weeks till I see the physio yeah. again. Yeah. And you're like, well, how am I supposed to? And this is why rehab time gets stretched out, like yeah. I said. Like, and the problem is, is a lot of people don't know where to look for support and there yes. is a lot of support outside of the army, especially if you're a veteran and that and you can go through DVA because I believe yeah. now to get your white card, you only have to do one day, one one day, day in the military. Yeah. So there's a lot of injuries and if you have a pre-existing injury and you do your DVA claims, which is a very smart thing, you always make sure if you've got an yeah. injury, make sure you do your DVA claim. Get it you documented, know, least, see the least, doctor. At least get someone. it approved. Get the scans. You know, so then that way you can seek outside help yeah. while you're still in the army. There's nothing wrong with that. I yeah. That's what I did. I seeked help outside because I just wasn't getting anywhere within the army and yeah. I didn't really want work to know about the mental health issues I have going on. Yeah. So, and that's what um, Adam said that he didn't get good advice for DVA claims off the start, which made life really shitty. Best thing he did was check into the local RSL veteran support. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So, and it's yeah. hard for. I think it's pretty hard for. Or it's getting better for younger veterans at the moment. There's still a, a pretty massive generational gap between sort of the Vietnam vets, the older guys, and us. And it's closing. The gap is closing. It is getting better. Um, but you know, there are a lot of places out there that do support veterans. Unfortunately, there isn't a lot of talking to each other. You know, uh, we do our best to work with other veteran organizations, but we're only three dudes. Um, and then when it comes to, say, the RSL or whatever, you know, they're based out of pubs. Their priority is, you know, 
funding themselves. So <laughs> a lot of their priorities revolve around alcohol and there's a different culture that's associated yeah, with that. Uh, that culture that's been an infantry about, you know, just plugging away and, you know, if it hurts, who cares, keep going. That carries on through you know, to the veterans because they don't know any better, unfortunately. Um, and I'm not the kind of person to highlight a problem without maybe providing the potential for a solution here. But, you know, if the leadership courses were adjusted slightly and, you know, infantry section commanders were, I guess, encouraged to work with the PTIs to get a basic understanding of how to rehab their soldiers, you know, then you'd have every fucking section commander in the military has an understanding of how not only to treat their own injuries through strength training and stretching and shit like that, but they could help their soldiers. So the, you know, a digger comes to you and goes, fuck, my back hurts from stomping. What should I do? And the seco doesn't turn around and go, shut the fuck up yeah. and keep walking. <laughs> Just lean into the hill. Let it yeah. Do the seco turns around and says, okay, well, here's a list of exercises and some rep ranges that you can do during second PT time or whatever it might be so that you're building the muscle in that area so that you prevent yourself from ever degrading to the point of getting fucked. Yeah, know? yeah, 100%. Like, you know, and lead-up training also is a big big part of that as well because you, oh, yeah. you can't just chuck a 40-kilo pack on and just no. walk like mm. that's not a thing. Like, but unfortunately, you yeah. can, but there's very, yeah. few, very few and they're very far between, you know. like. And unfortunately, the, the army as a whole operates on a yearly cycle. You know, they start in January and they finish in December. Yeah. And their training <laughs> starts in January for like, you know, where you do all your back-to-basics bullshit that everyone fucking hates. And then at the end of the year, you tend to do catters and the exercise mm. live fire and stuff. So, you know, they scale up from January to December, but you've got dudes coming in mid-year, you've got yeah. dudes coming in mm. towards the end, and they're thrown into these exercises where they're carrying just as much weight, if not more, than everyone else because they're the new guy. I think the limit now is 25 kilos as well. Yeah. I think there is actually a limit at singer. I'm, yeah. I would have to find someone who's actually there at the moment, but I believe the limit is 25 yeah. kilos. And always reach out to Keggs and ask him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I was in, I, I wrote a paper on how people could pack their shit better and to change the way that the Q store supplied frontline troops so that nobody ever had to carry a fucking pack anywhere. Yeah. You know, it was just you packed your pack full of the shit, they would deliver it out to you once you'd taken whatever position you needed to take. I know that that stuff's becoming a little bit more commonplace now and they're starting to integrate, you know, transport units in like that to, to combat and frontline units. But I wrote this paper in fucking 2015, man, or yeah. maybe early... 2016 or something mm. and it's fucking 2020 and that shit still doesn't happen like <laughs> yeah, well, it's do? sitting in one area anyone can fucking read it yeah. so but the it, the knowledge is there people know how to do it and the secos generally know how to make things better the problem is there isn't a lot of talking up and talking down you yeah. know and you get a new ceo every fucking three years anyway two and years. two years so that guy wants to do to something base. different <laughs> yeah, uh, new rsm alternates every two years and he wants to do something different you know, the, you spend more time reinventing the wheel than you do actually making any fucking progress. Probably one of the biggest saving graces for my back was when Toro went Amphib. Yeah. Because we yeah. dropped from packs to raid packs, yeah. which were essentially just... you just Three-day salt packs, yeah. yeah. fucking salt packs. And, and, you know, like, that's a saving grace. You do know, you have your many. papers? <laughs> yeah, yeah they're just fucking sitting on them, my computer. Can we chuck them online and just see who we can get into? <laughs> Lockie still uses one to yeah. train his fucking company in one hour, but it's the only like person that still uses it and and he'll show people he'll be like fuck this is sick where'd you get this oh one of my secos wrote it four years ago we should just chuck it up and see what people it's think on it. um it's on the military um 
like there's a military education website called The Cove oh, where yeah. like oh, platoon yeah. commanders can go on and learn shit. It's published on there. It's, I mean, it's 14 fucking pages long, but it's on there. <laughs> it's worth it. And I mean, I used it at Singo to teach guys. And oh, it's is not Mick Carroll RSM89? Uh, I don't know who the RSM 89 is. Aaron Wakeham just said, how's Mick Carroll as an RSM 89? No idea, mate. I'm six. Oh, yeah, you're six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I imagine I heard, that, I heard, that entire battalion is carrying actually, lots of extra pouches. Actually, I heard he's actually uh, I did. really good. And he's a pretty good They've dude. changed their start times now, so they start at like 6.30 now, but it, oh. it leads to them knocking it too. So I did see, I did see yeah, a picture. Exactly. I'll yeah. take the sleep in, <laughs> yeah. thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did see Mick Carroll... Uh, on the army's Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, it must be at eight nine. Yeah, I'm, yeah, it might, it might be. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I'm over at six, but so, but yeah. So like, and like, getting back on topic with the whole support network. Yeah. Um, with your MECD. So yeah, you've got you've got like I said, you got um your case managers now, which is a massive, yeah. and they mm. know a lot. They're not idiots. Yeah. So most, which I found out today, which blew me away, that most um case managers are either ex physio, ex EP. Yeah. Um, they're um, a, like a low tier doctor, right? You know, they they know their shit. They know yeah. the world around sport and that they know the yeah. way around injuries and stuff like that. So they're not they're not. Don't go to these people thinking that you can pull the wool over their eyes because yeah. they're not idiots. Right? You know? They know their shit, and a lot of people unfortunately think they're idiots. And I don't, they're, and they're I don't think there's city. many grunts out there that are looking to bullshit the system. Yeah, exactly. You know, so they're, they're entitled to a oh, lot because their bodies get fucked yeah, exactly. up. But I don't know. <laughs> Of any grunts personally that are trying to take advantage of DVA, it's hard There's enough. A lot of fucking it's hard enough to get do, but grunts to admit that yeah, they go <laughs> to them, <laughs> let alone yeah, like yeah. make up this whole lie about yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, so they and they know a lot. So like, one of the one of the things I've got for you. So if you like J three one, um, my advocate, uh, my advocate, my case manager told me today that because you're J three one, if you put a DVA claim in. And you're worried about it falling behind or whatever. He can actually process it. He can get it pushed up further, oh, right. so he can yeah, actually right, move yeah. the process along a lot quicker. Right. Um, like your advocate as well. Your advocates yeah. in, you know, they can push him up and like go to an. I went to an advocate for my first one, um, for my first claim, and yeah. um, they spoke me through how to do it. So I'm pretty all over the ball now. Yeah. So I always even say to dudes at six, if they need anything, they want to know about um, DVA claims, or just come hit me up. Like I'm yeah. not afraid to admit that I've put him in. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm yeah. I'm so jaded now. It's ridiculous. Like, I'm, well, I'm on the crash down. So. And I guess just on that topic of um, not being ashamed to put in DVA claims, right, you spent – you're up to 10 years in the fucking army, right? Yeah, 10 years in November. 10 years in fucking infantry, and to expect to come out of infantry for 10 years with no injuries <laughs> is insane. You know, there are diggers that spend fucking six months in injury and they have busted back well, knees, ankles, and shoulders. That's exactly right. And- this this particular job role breaks people and there aren't a lot of smart people in there doing the right kind of training to stop you from getting broken. So the way the system works is the military exists to, to break you effectively, unfortunately, <laughs> and then DVA is there because you're entitled to support for any damage that the military has done. Yeah. As an infantry soldier you are probably damaged physically and mentally. I mean, it doesn't mean that you can't be fixed or things can't be worked on and you can't go through rehabilitation. But to expect that you come in the same or leave the same person that you came in as is wild. Like, that's yeah. just ridiculous. So he said he was in reserves and busted a hernia. That's yeah. exactly <laughs> that's right, I mean, you know. Right, yeah. So... Mm. D- 
that's the first thing that I'll say is as a grunt, you should not be ashamed to utilize the DVA claims process. Well, it's there to provide support so that you can get better or live a life that isn't going to lead to you having fucking back yeah. pain and numb arms for the rest well, of your fucking life. The way they say it is they say we're athletes, yeah, and what athlete doesn't get injury in their career? Yeah. Like, same, same. It's like the same thing, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, you know, they put you in that category. Something's bound to go wrong. And yeah. the amount of people they turn over a year, yeah. like, you know, what do you do type thing? But yeah. like, you know, there is a lot of support now compared to back in the day, um, like mm. back, say, eight years ago. Um, there is quite a lot more support now, which is a good thing. And, yeah. you know, especially if you go to RSLs or whatever, but like the biggest thing is just is like linking with work. Yeah, let, yeah. Your, let your NCOs know, let your sergeants yeah. know. You know, they're not all big, bad and scary. There is that yeah. one NCO that everyone knows is quite willing to talk to. Worst case scenario, you go to the Padre. Padre yeah. can talk to anyone yeah. he wants. Yeah, Padre's and that's his job. Chain, I mean, I don't know that many like, diggers that are religious or whatever, but I know that <laughs> Padre is there as an advocate for yeah, the soldiers, yeah. you know. Yeah, he's all so, about welfare, so. Um, and same as what Adam said before, he didn't get good, uh, get a good advocate. I first advocate I saw was shit as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I guess that bit of advice is, there's plenty of other advocates you oh, can yeah. go to. If you feel like the first one didn't do it, like the first guy, he just like, okay, what's your injuries? And I told him he just wrote the title on every page and said, go get this signed by your doctor. And I'm like, well, I don't even know what is yeah, happening what, right what now. What is this? What's this shit? And I mean, and we're, I mean, we're trying. We know that there's a bunch of advocates out there that don't really give a fuck or they don't really understand the system just as well as fucking anybody else does, or they're from a different generation, or, you know, and DVA is changing. You know, DVA have a pretty uh, good online platform now where claims can be submitted by you in the comfort of your fucking living room if you wanted to. Um, it means that you can do your claims process sitting in with your psych, which is what we do here. The psych that we work with in-house, Dr. Crasher, he is an advocate as well. He works with an advocate team down in Melbourne and together they help because they understand that the advocacy process is essential in helping veterans with their mental health process. You know, if a veteran is constantly worried about you know, whether they're going to get the support they need for their family after medically discharging from the army, that's going to cause fucking stress and it's going to affect them. And when you're looking at a veteran who probably already has fucking anger issues, who already has potentially PTSD, who has anxiety and probably will experience depression at some point after <laughs> leaving the military, the extra stress of having to worry about supporting your family mm -hmm. is not something that you want. So you need a good advocate and um, and I do know that Swiss8.org, those guys are looking at putting a list on their website, they've started already, of <laughs> organisations that you can check out that they have uh, basically personally vetted. Um, and these organisations are people that are going to help you because they've got, you know, the Swiss8 tick of approval. These guys are ex-combat grunts and they know that those advocates are going to do the job that you need them to do rather than just hand you a fucking bunch of pieces of paper with your injuries listed on them and say... Get your doctor to yeah. sign this. And worst case, worst case scenario, each base um, has a DVA rep yeah, in on the base. hospital. Yeah. So yeah. if you are unsure, just go to the hospital yeah. on the local hospital on base. Like, no RP because mm. on some bases, RP is all over the shop. Yeah. But go to, like, the main hospital and say, look, oh, can I see the DVA rep? Mm. And they'll point in the direction. Yeah. Like, they're easy people to talk to. Like, I, I think that's another thing that, <laughs> that grunts tend to fall into the trap of is they don't like to ask for help. Yeah, well, yeah, um, well, I didn't until, yeah. you know. And I don't mean just with mental health. I mean just, just with trying to find, yeah. like, directions yeah. somewhere. <laughs> like, when I would, yeah. I'd walk into, like, Laverack Google Health, health. Centre and I would be like, I do need an appointment for this thing. 
but I don't really know who to talk to and I can't be bothered. So I'm just going to come back later. Yeah. <laughs> and I just would never get anything treated because I couldn't be bothered talking to anyone in LHC. i that guy and see where he goes. Yeah. Oh, I'm in the wrong room. Yeah. So um, these people do exist. The support networks are there. And like Nate said before, when he was a clerk, the I mean, they would offer it. They'd just say, oh, do you need this? Is this what you want? Like, this is the kind of support that you get. Whereas as a grunt, nobody in the fucking unit is no. going to tell you this shit. No. So, but it is there and you can ask the Padre, you can ask the people at LHC or not LHC, but the main hospital, you can ask just an NCO. Ideally. If you know an NCO that's put claims in or has dealt with DVA, just go ask them. Yeah. They're not going to bite your head off. That's like, exactly right. You know, like I'm very approachable. If there's anyone at six that watches and they want to come ask me about it, come ask me about it. Like, yeah, I'll, he's still you know, there. Still there, half, still there. Half the days. Half days. I'm, half days. I'm, there the I'm there in body, not in spirit or yeah. mind. Um, a good <laughs> point. People probably tell you that he's scary though. <laughs> seems to be the common vibe. A good point that Adam brought up um, is – Get everything recorded on your med docs, but yeah. like before discharge or just when it happens. Mm. <laughs> well, the worst, um, the biggest thing I found with DVA is they won't, um, they won't fully commit unless it's approved on your med docs. Mm, so yeah. if it's not in your med docs, DVA are very finicky and funny about how they go about it. In yeah. Brisbane here, um, the health center go to health. The doctors there, um, they are really good at setting it all up. Yeah. But then you just got to make sure you get it all recorded on your med yeah. docs at work. And yeah. doctor and the doctors are in links with the doctors that go mm. to health as well. Yeah. And they're really, really good, you know. Yeah, so, I'll just start going to go to health. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's I, th- I think that's where we were kind of different because you left straight from infantry, you didn't really get a lot yeah. recorded on your med docs. But when I went to Pogue World, I went to the doctor and just started <laughs> listing my own injuries. I um, Well, I... I've found out recently that I have more on my med docs than I ever yeah. thought I did. Um, there were points in my career because I like in my career I just refused to see or seek medical help. Yeah. I just didn't want help from anything. Um, typical infantry. I just wanted to do my job, and I didn't want anybody to tell me that I couldn't. Like I refused, no matter what happened. You know, I busted multiple ankles multiple times. Um, even on deployment, I fucked one of my ankles up so badly, but I just like duct taped it up, put, yeah. it, put it in the boot and kept going because I enjoyed going out every day. Yeah. Um, back in Australia, there were times when like I'm looking back, I remember when I was at Kapuka, I fucked one of my ankles up and they forced me to go to hospital. And because I didn't know any better then, I spent two days in hospital and so that's all on my med docs, which I'm quite lucky about. Um, there was another time where I fucked my knee up. It happens to be on my med docs and the same with my back also happens to be on my med docs. So I'm quite lucky and generally <laughs> if you have to talk to a doctor about it, they probably recorded it somewhere. Yeah. So even if you're the kind of person that has just avoided at all costs talking to doctors and stuff, <clears throat> it's probably still somewhere in yeah, there. Yeah, there's a niggle there somewhere. Yeah. You've mentioned, oh, I yeah. accidentally tripped over and rolled my ankle this one time and yeah. that, that's it's on there. Like, yeah, so you're in better standing than you probably think. Um, I thought that I left the army with just no ability to claim anything because I never got anything recorded, but I've seen my full med docs now and it the stuff exists. Mm. Like So, you know, you're probably you'll be able to do more than what you think. Um, but that's the thing. If you, yeah, if you do get an injury, even if you don't want it to sound as bad as it is because you yeah. don't want to get kicked off a trip or something, just go in and say, oh, yeah, the other day I kind of rolled my ankle a little bit. Yeah. At least something's in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I kind of want to move on to uh, strength training and yeah. mental health. 
Uh, we're sort of in the last 14 minutes, 13 minutes now. Yeah. Uh, we don't have much time, but uh, Dwayne, you mentioned you first came here when COVID kicked up and you just were like, fuck, I need somewhere to train. Yeah. So like COVID kicked in and which, you know, it's been a shit year for everyone. Everyone thought 2020 would be the year. Yeah. You know? yeah. Apologize <laughs> to 2019, eh? Um, you, know, you know, imagine trying to explain this year in 40 years time <laughs> yeah. far out. Um, so yeah, COVID kicked off and a big thing for me was uh, training is being in the gym. I found the gym as, um, like I was very fit when I joined, yeah. um, I was very fit up until I threw my back out and then yeah. I was average from there on. I carried a lot of weight. Yeah. I was a bit of a fat boy. Um, hence I always got called big fat phony, um, <laughs> you know, um, which, you know, it's just, but it's my game tag now. So what else? Yeah, there you um, go. Yeah. <laughs> I might like call myself that now. So what else? <laughs> but, um, and then I found the gym, um, just before we deployed, uh, before I deployed and I found, oh, well, I found it a year or so before that, but like, I really got into it just before we deployed and then yeah. when we deployed, um, to Iraq cause you know, there's not much better to do over there yeah i got trained twice gym. yeah so <laughs> training, training i lost a heap i lost a heap of fat um gained a lot more size again um stack come back from deployment at 112 112 106 110 i think it was about yeah. when i come back from deployment mm. um sitting quite quite lean looking good uh got big again or well, not fat but got got even bigger throughout the time and then you know that was my mental relief that was that's what kept me on the calm and the straight and narrow with yeah. injuries going on little things new niggling up and as much as like I didn't train properly because I never got coached by anyone. Yeah. All I ever did was watch YouTube and try that. Yeah. If something hurt my back or something hurt my knee or something hurt my arm or my elbow or my shoulders or whatever, I just looked on YouTube to what was yeah. more beneficial and I changed my training program yeah. according to that. And then COVID happened. Obviously, gym started shutting. So I freaked and um, I freaked. And there were some instances at work that uh, pushed me to that point of exploding and yeah. going off the deep end. And then I reached out to Marshall because I noticed he put a status up and he was like, um, literally just as COVID became a thing, I, yeah. I seen this status and I was like, oh, what's Marshall doing in Brisbane? I was like, you in Brisbane? He's like, yeah, I'm in Brisbane. I train out of this veterans gym, blah, 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 blah. Come have a look. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm in Haring. And yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big, I procrastinate a lot. Mm. So he I doesn't. Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, all right, I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll go have a look. And then COVID kicked off, gym shut down. I was like, I need help, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna go off the deep end. Like, I need help, okay. and then, you know, it's very hard for me to admit I need help. My missus was like, "You need to talk to someone. You need to mm. talk to someone." And then, obviously, came in and started yeah. training. And then Marshall introduced me to Doctor Kev and started getting help with that way and kept it from work for quite a while. But well, the, things at the time it seemed like the right so, thing, yeah, to do. But I mean, that's that's specifics. <laughs> um, realistically, you know, I, I'm fairly similar in the sense that. Uh, lifting weights has been something that I've used for my mental health for a very long time. Um, picking up heavy shit is a great stress relief for me. Uh, it has been for, I mean, maybe the better part of 10 years now. And I know there are a lot of veterans in the same boat. Yeah. Um, and there's there's sort of this, um, I mean, we've talked about it a couple of times. There's almost a stigma associated with being able to lift and being injured. Um, I want to address that straight away and say that the gym is the most controlled environment you can possibly imagine. You know, most lifts are bilateral, so you're using both parts of your body. Um, when you're doing that properly, injuries tend to not flare up because well, yeah. you do, you're using all the body systems together. Things can compensate. 
injuries come from imbalances. They come from unilateral work or one side taking too much, you know, stress and, you know, something pops. Um, and that is infantry. Yeah, you well, know. yeah. I can squat one sixty five, but I can't carry a pack for two hundred meters. Yeah, and that's you because know I mean? you know carrying a pack kilo is pack I can't carry. Yeah, right. it's um, it's it's unusually displaced weight. It's yeah. usually not sitting the perfect way every single time. It's putting stress on certain places that shouldn't be stressed like that. Um, you know, you try and carry weight through the hips, but rarely anyone sets their pack up properly. And I mean, you're not really shown how to do that. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's sort of like a trial and error. And then you're climbing fucking mountains yeah. and you're getting on your guts and you're running around with your rifle and just dumb it's shit. just a nightmare, you know? So it's, <laughs> for me... Lifting weights is a very different situation, uh, but the benefit of lifting weights, not just mentally, is the fact that you can make yourself strong enough that through your day-to-day life, the injuries tend to not bother you as much. Yeah. So lots of people that leave the army, especially infantry, have back pain. But if you train a certain way, and I mean Dwayne's testimonial to this, you can train a certain way that builds the back muscles so that the pain basically goes away. Yeah. That injury is not fixed. Um, and most back injuries, especially disc-related injuries, are permanent. They're just going to be like that for the rest of your life. But you can build the muscle around it in a way that you're supported and the pain isn't a big deal and you can manage moving around without any worries. So uh, when it comes to, say, strength training versus being injured in infantry, it's such a different ball game, and I hate it when people especially dva and doctors and shit say oh no you can't you got a shoulder injury you can't possibly bench press can't, that yeah, can't lift like, if you bench press properly shoulder injury shouldn't give you any fucking issues yeah. not once you know if you squat properly a <laughs> sore knee should not have an issue or a sore back if you deadlift properly it shouldn't it just should never pop up it's going to pop up when you sling the pack on and then you go for a walk and start shooting at stuff so well, yeah like it, like even like me like i was i never really trained my bottom half much before I came here because yeah. I was always afraid to hurt myself because of my back. Yeah. Whereas I was very upper body orientated. And then yeah. coming in here, fixing my squat, going from 140 to 165 in yeah. three months is a massive jump. Like it's Huge. ridiculous. But yeah. a lot of that comes down to my technique and like obviously getting having an actual coach yeah. is a big is a big help. And I suppose like I don't have that. I have a one on one coach opposed to most people in the military don't have a one on one coach. They've just got a generic program that just they won't exactly get what they, they want out of it. But, yeah. you know, strength strength training is completely different to stomping or, yeah. you know, running or like I can't run because I've got no cartilage. Well, I've got fuck all cartilage in my right knee. So when I run, my right knee flares up. Yeah. But like that doesn't mean I can't squat. Yeah, you just doesn't mean I can't strap it up or put a sleeve on. And does, yeah, it doesn't mean go. I can't ride a bike or you know what I mean. Like yeah. there's things you can do around it. But who yeah. would want to do cardio? Let's be honest. Yeah, um, exactly right. You know, screw cardio. <laughs> um, but I mean, I mean, we were talking about earlier today. You said you just even if you're like on death's door, you'd be picking oh, up yeah, weight. Yeah, I don't care. Like, you know. yeah, I, I will. I won't. I won't stop lifting. I don't yeah. like it. Lifting helps me mentally, and as far as I'm concerned, if I can't lift, then like, yeah. not what's the point in living? But like, it's like, what's the point? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you can't. Look, I've got kids and... And not everyone's like that. No. I am, I'm fairly similar. I have said multiple times before, I'm pretty sure I'm going to die under a squat bar because it's just going <laughs> to get to the point where it squishes me in half. Um, but not everyone's like that. However, no. there are a lot of infantry soldiers where training is that important to them because it's such a huge mental release. Yeah, and it's built, bashed into you yeah. so much, like not, so, not physically, but you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and what I want to say with regards to that is if you are looking at getting out... You know, if you are a little bit concerned about your mental well-being, 
or if you know that maybe you have, uh, you know, sort of anger flare-ups, or which is very common. You know, this isn't stuff to be ashamed of. It's stuff that you should address with a, a professional psychologist or something. But never stop training and find a good coach and find a good doctor that will help you keep training in the way that you want to train mm. around the injuries that you have because it's possible. I guarantee it. I am sitting here with a flared-up back injury right now and I'm still training. Dwayne's, you know, you heard his injury list before and he's still training. Nathan's got a shoulder injury that took him out of inf infantry and he's benching more than he's ever benched before in his life. Mm. Um, and this is not with any kind of drugs or anything, funnily enough. So, um Find the right people, especially if you are looking at getting out and keep lifting or keep working out or whatever it might be because um, one of the things that I hate the most about DVA is they tend to tell you all the things that they ca you can't do anymore. Um, doctors, if you've got a bad doctor or a bad coach or a bad physio or something, they're going to tell you this long list of shit that you shouldn't be doing or you can't be doing. Um, but there are good coaches out there, there are good doctors and there are good psychs out there that are going to look at it from a different angle and they're going to say, this is the stuff you want to do, let's find a way for you to fucking do it. Well, one of the things I was, um, which someone said to me, which I, I was like, well, that's actually quite true is, so when you look at it, when you see a doctor, yeah. they see, say, 50 people, right? Yeah. And they all have a back injury. Yeah. So I obviously, yeah, they're, yeah. Well, <laughs> so they're not going to specifically say, like, this is what's going to help you. They're going to say, well, this, this is what's going to help the majority of the yeah. group. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, so, you know, there is that, that shit end of the stick being army yeah. is because the doctors see so many people yeah. with the same shit, you know. Um, for, um, a good thing at the moment is where there is a, program that was supposed to be trialed. We trialed a little bit of it last year, supposed to trial more of it this year is a, a new fitness program, new strength program. With yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. seeing um, a bit of that before I left as well. Yeah, so it's a new strength program that the um, PDIs in, on Gallipoli Barracks, they're um, trialing now, which um, seems to be quite good. A lot of boys I've seen that have done done part of it before COVID kicked in and yeah. ruined everyone's year. <laughs> um, boys were actually getting stronger because it's actually a decent yeah. program mm -hmm. around boys doing like five by fives and the, you know, the five RM yeah. training and then their 12 RM training and, like, and all that. So it is a good program. They're actually starting to put some thought into training, mm. training, especially infantry to yeah. be stronger and be fitter to be able to cope with these injuries. Yeah. Um, which is something that's probably going to take another five years to perfect oh, yeah. and actually make a good thing within the army, but it is what it is. Like, yeah, the army is one of the slowest moving organizations yeah. when it comes to adapting and evolving. Yeah, uh, it's just how it is. It's just such a. And they're not good at training smart. Unfortunately. No, no, no um, but that's hard. I mean, yeah, oh, it but, is. You've got to meet a certain requirement, and unfortunately, yeah. it's the quickest way to meet that requirement is the yeah. best way. We're coming in the last two minutes. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll wrap it <laughs> up now. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for coming on, Dwayne. Yeah, no, it's been no good to have a chat time. about army stuff for a change. Um, Thanks for tuning in, everyone that did. We really appreciate it. We had uh, her oil skillet say, were you guys SASR? No. no. We Hell were just no. regular infantry. Just regular infantry <laughs> guys. Can't, can't spell that. What's, what's <laughs> our infantry? What's uh, US version of infantry? infantry. Is it just infantry? infantry? Just yeah, regular infantry. infantry. Um, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all the engagement. I've been seeing the chat sort of popping off on the way. I mean, we did... Um, we did get pretty carried away just talking shit about our time in the military. 
Uh, but we do appreciate all the engagement. We will be back again tomorrow afternoon at 5 p.m. for Wild West Wednesdays. Uh, we will have another guest joining us and we are going to be talking about some pretty funny shit, I think. Uh, so if you do like an entertaining chat that has absolutely nothing to do with <laughs> uh, anything serious, we never really cover off on anything factual and we mainly just talk absolute smack for an hour. Uh, that'll be tomorrow night, Wild West Wednesdays. Uh, the rest of the week, there are a couple more guests coming. So we appreciate it if you tune in a couple more times. Uh, we do have a podcast. It's called The Hard Way with Anvil TD. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, Google, whatever. Uh, we are on YouTube as well. Uh, that's just Anvil Training and Development, the channel. All of this stuff goes up on Facebook. It's on Instagram and it will go on YouTube eventually. So if you do want to watch it again for some reason, if you miss something, it will be there. So thanks yeah. for tuning in. I think um, that's us done. We had Dusty said, who's the guest tomorrow? Do I'm not say? telling you. Okay, surprise no, guest. Surprise guest. And Adam said, need to train with you guys. Thanks for the chat. Uh, if you're in Brizzy, I guess hit us up. Yeah. You could probably cover train. Uh, but yeah, that's it. That's bye. Yeah, we're done. Bye, bye, everyone. Bye. 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 bye.